0: welcome to hbrv lifestyle the podcast welcome to season three episode one filmed on july 28th 2023 yes it has been a long time five months to be exact since i've actually filmed and recorded an episode for all the platforms so whether you're watching us on youtube apple podcast samsung iheartradio Uh, Wherever you may be getting this podcast from, thank you for your support. Welcome to the show. If this is the first time that you have visited the show, uh, I have about 15 years of experience in the RV business on the dealership side, and I have a year on the manufacturer side. So what I do during this podcast is I tell you the absolute bottom line truth of what is going on in the industry, camping, and I talk about finances and where we are as far as what the truth is of where we are today uh, in an industry that is pretty much the backbone of the vacation industry the backbone of the recreational vehicle the camping the fishing industry all of it is is huge and so with that being said let's get into it uh, by the way you're really going to want to pay attention to everything in this episode because whether you're selling your RV, you're contemplating buying one, whether you're a dealership, whether you work for a dealership, whether you work for a manufacturer, you are a manufacturer, this is gonna be information that nobody else is going to tell you because either they're one, too afraid, or B, they're afraid that if they give you the knowledge that they'll never make any money. So let's start with that the number one problem that every location has right now that hasn't caught up to the market is an inventory problem and the inventory problem comes from the way that a sales department is is, a sales department's pay plan is structured for example There's a lot of sales managers that get paid only on profit. So if a dealership has a dozen units that they own in cash or or what we consider aged or have been on the lot a long time, they don't really care whether it sells or not because it goes against their paycheck. It goes against their pocketbook. So there's no incentive for a sales manager or a general manager of a store to sell that unit. There's no incentive whatsoever. They don't get punished for letting it sit there and they they only get punished if it sells, right? So that's been a problem for the last year, actually longer than that, since about May of 2022, that has been a problem. Then you got guys like me that know too much about how a dealership works, that understands from my days in Oxnard of how flooring works, how a bank loan works on inventory, how how you have to shuffle things around, how manufacturing works, how the manufacturing warranty works, how all these, these nuances work and how it affects the bottom line, the top line how you have to calculate how much percentage of profit you have to make on every deal. I mean, just the whole nine yards. But I learned something a few years ago from my experience in Oxnard. So in Oxnard, we sold 414 new trailers in one year. It was probably, I I think the owner just about crapped his pants uh, when we went over the numbers at the end of the year. And that the RV dealership, regardless of the fact that he was buried in inventory, buried in aged inventory, it took humongous losses to move a lot of the product. It was still a profitable store. It was. I did a lot of things on my own. I did my own PDF preps. I I did the pre-delivery inspection on all the trailers for a long time. I did all the financing. I did the sales. I had three, four helpers, really. And uh, one of them was my protege in sales. And we did well. We did very, very, very well. We did well enough where we were thinking about expanding. And now I've got to do the same kind of thing I'm doing here in Pahrump. So if you don't know or you're not caught up, I actually left the manufacturing side of the business to go back to the dealership side because of money. I drained through the majority of my savings chasing a dream job. A job I really thought when I originally got it and I looked at the dealerships and I looked at the backlog and I looked at everything to be considered And I thought, man, I got a real opportunity here to, you know, break even for the year. This was last year. And uh, I got a chance to make money in 2023. Well, unfortunately, the best laid plans came to a crashing halt. So, um, you know, I was actually going to get completely out of the industry and go find uh, something else to do for a year or two until everything kind of came back to fruition But then I found out coming back to the retail side, coming back to be a general manager, to be a store manager, that this is all self-inflicted. So if you're a dealership and you're struggling to make deals right now, my message to you is there's a lot of money and a lot of good credit out there ready to buy. They're just waiting for you to actually price the unit according to the market I promise you we saw a streak so I started at this store on May 3rd from May 3rd to about June 18th I didn't see a credit score under 800 I didn't see anybody put anything less down less than 25% down and we sold 77 uh, trailers, toy haulers, fifth wheels over that six and a half, almost seven week period. That's unheard of for a startup dealership. It's really a startup, even though I inherited inventory from the previous store. So it just goes to show you, it just goes to show you, watch this. It just goes to show you that the way managers, employees are paid doesn't help the store stay open. Okay. Now, for you, those of you that are sales managers that follow me, I'm not trying to get your pay cut. Don't yell at me. Don't text me. Don't call me pissed off at me for those of you that know me. But reality is, is you guys need to look a hard look in the mirror yourself, whether you're in Wyoming, whether you're in Utah, whether you're in New York City, whether you're in Florida. You need to have a long, hard look in the mirror and realize you're not going to make a lot of money one way or the other. Whether you hold on to aged inventory or whether you decide to sell it for massive discounts, you're not going to make any money. So get over it absolutely get over it. You, you, the, the, my boss had the great thing about Subway. You got to keep the franchise open. You got to keep the store open because when it turns around and we can start making money again, when we can start with lower interest rates because you know the economy took a turn, we got the inflation down, blah, 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 the market's going to come right back to where we can make money. But you got to keep the store doors open. you think Marcus Limonis, the the richest RV guy in the world, do you really think he's going to keep a store open if it's failing? No, he's already closed three. Three ganders and two camping worlds across the United States have already shut their doors because the store is unsuccessful. It's bleeding money. Let's reallocate those resources to stores that are doing well, and that's what the Camping World's going to do. I guarantee you, Camping World, RV retailers, Lazy Days—they will close more stores by the end of the year, because they're poorly run, and everybody only thinks about themselves and doesn't think about keeping the franchise open. They don't think about keeping the stores doors open. They only wonder, oh, I'm losing twenty thousand dollars to sell this motorhome that's been here for almost a year and a half, so. I'm not going to do that. If I do that, it hurts my paycheck. Well, you're not going to have a paycheck pretty soon because you're going to be looking on the unemployment line if you don't get your head out of your butt. For you consumers, when you find a guy like me, you're just going to, it's like 2009 and 10 again. You're just getting trailers and motorhomes and, 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 and toy haulers for pennies on the dollar. So I'm going to go over to my uh, calculator real quick. Okay. Uh, let's go to my calculator while we're saying here. Okay. Calculator. Okay. So uh, on a motorhome, a Georgetown motorhome, brand new, full body paint, fully loaded. Okay. Uh, On a Georgetown motor home, something that a, a, a piece that we should make anywhere between nine and 11% profit on, we have it listed online for less than 2% profit margin. You're pretty much buying that motorhome for as close as you humanly can to the factory invoice so consumers just imagine that you can buy any motorhome brand-new for less than 2% profit margin right now and by the way that's gross profit in reality, by the time we pay the salesperson, the insurance, we pay the interest, we pay the curtailments, we pay all the fees to have that piece of inventory in stock, it's a massive loss. Massive loss. So just think about that guys. If you, well, I'm not going to buy because interest rates are nine and 10 percent. That's ridiculous. Okay, well, so's my profit margin on brand new Class A gas motorhomes. They're bad. They're pathetic. It's demonstrative that I have to take a less than 2% profit margin on a brand new motorhome that's factory fresh because the market calls for it. It's not like we're choosing to do this because, oh, you know, we're just doing it just to be <clears throat> a brothel. We're choosing to do it because the market, with the interest rates high, we are not going to have the ability to make any money. I'm hoping you have a trade I'm hoping maybe you finance a little bit of it cuz most of it's going to be cash on a motorhome right now. Let me say it one more time, let it sink into you that on brand new motorhomes I have on rvexchangeoutlets.com they're priced at less than 2% profit margin. when i should be making 8 to 11%. at 8 to 11%, the store realistically will pocket half a percent of that profit. but we're not allowed to make money right now. and i'm not complaining about it. that's that's reality, folks. that's what we're going to have to tolerate. that's what we're going to have to put up with. If you're a dealership right now, swallow it. We'll learn to wear 12 or 13 hats. Get involved in deals. Get involved in what you do for a living. Don't sit there on your boat wondering why you're not selling anything. If you don't think my owner's not on the phone six, seven hours a day just trying to make it, get, do the little things to make the seven or eight locations we have grow, you're insane. He's the hardest working human being that I've ever met when it comes to this. Nobody works harder than he does. Nobody cares more than he does. But there's a lot of you out there. You know who you are, and you just need to go look yourself in the mirror and decide what you want to do, right? A lot of you decided to sell. Some of you have decided just to close your doors because you're not getting enough money to sell. Grand Design just laid off 150 workers. I will guarantee you that Winnebago Travel Trailers is next. And that's scary to some people. Oh, well, Grand Design, if they can't sell, it's not about them selling. It's everybody wants to make ridiculous money on a Grand Design Travel Trailer Fifth Wheel. So they can, them at the factory in beautiful Indiana, cannot afford to pay 150 employees at the factory to build stuff right now because there's nothing to build. It's a great opportunity, guys. I look at it as the best opportunity since 2010. 2010 was a huge opportunity for customers. 2010, banks were lending again, just barely. And you were still getting exotic, luxury motorhomes, fifth wheels, travel trailers, toy haulers for pennies on the dollar. It's happening again. But here's the thing you got it when you do your homework, and this is something that consumers really need to understand. When you do your homework, like I have a coach that's priced at $17,995. It's a little Springdale 1800. It's $1,100 back of the what we paid for it at the factory. Why, Why would I want to negotiate a better price when I'm already losing money to get you in the door? That trailer was meant to get you in the door so you can see how good our inventory is. And maybe we can get you in something used. Maybe we can get you in something a little more expensive that works better for you. I mean, come on, guys. This is what it's all about, man. Camping, RVing, fishing, boating. This This is how we vacation right now. Hotel rooms are ridiculously expensive. If you want to compare I went to uh, a manager's meeting out in California. I stayed at a hotel with my points. Because I still have lots of points from Hilton because of my travels. On a Wednesday night, in a Hilton garden of all places, if I did not pay with the points, it was $409 a night. And that is with my cheat code it's still $409 a night so if you want to go to a place like Hawaii right now let's look that up right now let's see what a vacation Hawaii is Uh, let's go Hawaii hotels Here we go. Okay. To stay at the Hilton Garden on Waikiki Beach. Okay. Which, if you've been to the Hilton Garden in Waikiki Beach, you know that's absolutely horrid. It's $252 a night. That's if you book three months in advance. This is me looking in October. The Embassy Suites, which is a lot nicer hotel, right on the beach, right on the ocean, on the mainland. $653 a night with my cheat code. And I have a cheat code with Hilton. Imagine that. So when you go spend five days in Hawaii at a halfway decent four-star hotel, it's not even a five-star, it's a four-star hotel. Let's take the calculator out. This is without tax, folks. So six fifty-three times, five nights, that's $3,265 plus tax, plus airfare to Hawaii for five days right now in October, booking three months in advance. Let's look at airline flights. Let's look at it from LAX to Hawaii. Non stop cheapest flight and this is if you go tomorrow Honolulu four hundred and fifty seven dollars per person plus tax plus your luggage plus 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 so at thirty two sixty five plus so four fifty seven well let's just go four fifty seven there's a reason why I'm going over this. 457 times four. It's eighteen twenty-eight plus tax. That's if you have family four. Plus thirty-two sixty-five. This is if you take no luggage. This is if you eat nothing. This is if you don't have to pay tax. It's for five days, five thousand ninety-three dollars. That means you don't get a t-shirt. You don't get any to do anything but lounge, sit on the beach. You don't get to go visit anything, rental car, nothing. That's just that. Now let's divide that by 12 months. So if you decided you wanna go to Hawaii once a year or some kind of trip like Hawaii once a year and you had a family of four and you did nothing, didn't pay sales tax, nothing, you would be at $425 a month if you divide it amongst 12 months. That's a travel trailer payment. And a travel trailer payment And insurance and you get to pick any destination you want to go to at your own home on wheels and even at high interest rates that buys you a $45,000 trailer if you've got good credit stop and think about that for a second now, let's say you go, you know what, man, but it's going to cost us $100 in gas to go to a couple places. Okay, so let's call it $300 a month. $300 a month still buys you a $34,000 $35,000 trailer if you have good credit. So just think about that for a second. You could have a $300 to $320 payment a month on a 30, $33,000 to $36,000 brand new trailer Still have $100 to $120 to buy groceries, put gas in the tank, and you're still ahead on your trip to Hawaii. So if you bought something and you were at $320 a month or $325, that's $1,200 to using gasoline and food to go wherever you want. I don't know about you guys, but the last time I went camping in an RV in a motorhome, which gets crap gas mileage, when we drove about six, seven hours to get to our destination, it cost me less than 250 bucks. The grocery bill maybe was $60, even with the inflated prices we're going through right now. You buy cheap stuff, you buy hot dogs, you buy marshmallows, you buy the potato chips I was just talking about not buying, right? You're not going to Walmart or Costco, you're going to bloody 99 cent store. Because most folks want to use paper plates, and while you're there at the 99 cent store getting 98 dollars plates, paper plates and dollar napkins... Because you're only going for a few days, you go, Oh, look, I can get hot dogs for two bucks, I can get a gallon of milk for three dollars. I mean, you just start picking and going, hey man, by the time it's all said and done, you spent sixty, seventy dollars and you got enough food for three to four days to go on your camping trip. We need to stop looking at things so two dimensionally. And we think two-dimensionally, guys, because we listen to too much freaking news. We watch too much bad social media. We watch too many people. What What's bad is is algorithms love when people just stick their nose in front of a camera, talk obnoxious crap, and people who are dull-minded and don't, understand how the world really works, stares at it and keeps it, keep repeating on loop because, oh my God, did they really say that? Oh my God, they really say that? And then it, by the time it's all said and done, it's in front of millions of people because a thousand people watched it two or three times. TikTok, YouTube shorts, Instagram reels, Facebook reels, but stuff that's the truth and something that's going to improve your life and improve your situation and improve your health that stuff takes a long time to get attention because it's nothing negative. The RV business, go ask Josh the RV nerd how long it took him to get to his his status as, as probably the social media leader in our, the RV business. A decade. Because it's not negative. Get away from the TV, folks. Even Joe Rogan doesn't sit there and neg people out all day. You have to realize that Fox News, Sean Hannity, is the absolute worst host in conservative media. He makes tens of millions of dollars a quarter. And you guys just keep giving him more money because you keep giving him attention. And the more attention he gets, the more silly he gets with what he wants to say. You guys watch too much CNN and MSNBC. You watch too much of The View. You watch too much of CBS. You watch too much of the corporate media. Get away from it. My God, it's liberating to not have to listen to Don Lemon or Sean Hannity or Tucker Carlson or God, man, all these people. Bill O'Reilly, I don't have to listen to any of these guys. Andrew Cuomo, I don't have to hear any of these people anymore because I turned off the TV, I canceled my cable, I canceled all my subscriptions when it came to Fox or ABC or CNN or MSNBC or CBS or blah, blah, blah. It's, It's freeing because you start seeing the world for what it really is instead of what the politicians and the corporate media wants you to see. I don't care if you're a liberal. I don't care if you're a conservative. We all camp the same. We all bleed the same blood. We all camp the same. We might like different places. We might like different styles. But when we're all out there, if everybody was out there, nobody care what your political affiliation was. Nobody care what your sexual orientation is. Nobody care if you were transgender. Nobody would care if you're a hardcore Republican that's got a... A stash of World War III memorabilia, or you've got so much weaponry stashed away that you're ready for World War III. Nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to care about your culture. They're not going to care if you're an immigrant. They're not going to care if you were born in the United States. They're not going to care. They're going to ask, How are you doing, neighbor? Do you need any help? How many fish did you catch today? Did you see that sunrise this morning? I've been in campgrounds. I've been in RV campgrounds a lot in my 15 years of doing this. So one day I'm with a a client of mine. I, I sold him like three total rigs. He is an idiot, hardcore Republican. Everybody's wrong. Everybody's wrong except for Ronald Reagan. Like, he's a big Reagan guy. Like, Reagan was the only last good president. The Bushes were idiots. Trump's an idiot. Biden's an idiot. Obama's an idiot. Everybody's an idiot. But when we got down to uh, outdoor resorts down in Palm Springs, Cathedral City area, and we were camping in his uh, Winnebago Grand Tour motorhome, if you guys know what that is, And I didn't hear one political statement from him once he closed the door to the motorhome. And this was 2015. And in 2015, he had this big Trump 2016 sticker on the back of his uh, Bentley. And this lady pulls in, nice, nice lady pulls in and she's got a Clinton sticker on the bottom of her of her bumper of her Lexus. And she's got this gorgeous fifth wheel. They did not one time talk politics. They talked about their grandchildren. They asked how the families were doing. It was like they had been friends for generations. For decades. Uh... I I watch melting pots of different skin color, cultures, religions, sexual orientations. It's like one big melting pot when you become a camper, when you become an RVer, when you become an overlander. Because the best part about camping Especially in different areas like Bishop, June Lake, Mammoth, Colorado Rockies, the Colorado River. There's no distractions. You're there to get away from politics. You're there to get away from bills. You're there to get away from the crap of everyday life. You're there to build memories. You're, you're there to build a memory with your family, with your friends. You're there to build long-term relationships and friendships with people from all over the place. I've seen people from Arkansas spend two months in Palm Springs and, and become best friends with some of the, my, the, the most interesting people in the world. And they stay in contact by email and they stay in contact by, by social media. And they plan trips together. That's it's it's the one place where we can escape the OnlyFans conversations, the fresh and fit podcast, the whatever podcasts, the negativity of man versus woman and woman versus man and democrat versus republican liberal versus conservative it's the one thing and one approach in life that we don't have to worry about any of that junk and we can just live our lives and my god I'm passionate about it because if everybody took the same approach that our viewers do with their whole life there would be no controversies there would be no pissed off people in the world there wouldn't be all this pushing of agendas it would be it would be as if we were in the 1950s again the nuclear family age without having the nuclear family where we could talk out our differences Or like the 1980s slash 1990s when we dealt with our problems by facing them head on and talking about them. This is a lifestyle that I wish everybody could be a part of. It's a lifestyle that everyone should experience at least once, because once you've done it once, it just gives you a different perspective on things. I've had a different look on life the last seven years. I used to be a workaholic. I used to I mean, I'm still a workaholic, but I'm a different type of workaholic. I'm the kind of workaholic now that works on things that are progressing to where I don't have to work so hard, where I can work smarter rather than harder. You know, I had this enlightenment and what didn't come from the RVing itself, it came from a therapist. So I had... I don't want to go too deep into it, but you know, I, I used to be at the bottom of a bottle and some nights it would be the bottom of two or three bottles. I was a really bad functioning alcoholic for a very long time. I had, um, I had some good days, and I had some bad days. But it taught me something. When I got sobered up, I didn't sober up through a program like AA or anything. I actually went a different route, and I don't want to go too deep into it. But, you know, one of the groups that I was a part of, there was two pastors. And one of the pastors was actually a, a an old stockbroker. He used to actually be a stockbroker in San Francisco a long, long time ago. He worked for a a large company on the West Coast, and um, you know he he had a great life story. Now, in his story, he had he walked away from um, the Ferraris and the Porsches and dedicated his life to serving God uh, to, to being a good Christian man, uh, that would be a very much a hypocrite of me. <laughs> I'm not a hypocrite in that respect, but just listening to the way that like, it just seemed like no matter what somebody would tell the man, he was unfazed by it. So one day him and I sat down and, and he told me, uh, that the very first step he took into recovering from alcoholism is he He took his TV out of his room, out of his house. He was already; his wife had already left him at that point. His kids were gone with uh, the wife, and he took the TV and he went and pawned it. And then he pawned probably pawned his computer, his Macintosh back then. uh, Pawned everything, got rid, sold everything except for the refrigerator, his bed. Um, and, and a dresser, pretty much. And then he downsized. He told me he downsized into an apartment rather than a house. Is kind of forced to. They sold the house. He gave all the proceeds to the wife. He gave me this great story about everything. And then he said, "You know, it was the best six months of his life after he chucked the TV out of his room. Back then, he was watching CNBC." Every single day, he said the business news and the corporate news and the stock market news was on a vicious loop 24 hours a day. He felt like if he wasn't watching, if he wasn't paying attention, he was never going to get ahead or he was going to fall behind. He says, The day he did it, yeah, he, he, he ended up losing his job, he ended up losing all his money, but there was just that peace to him that zen like that I could just like, holy crap, man, I got to get there. I really wanted to get there. It was like this. Most people call it annoying. I call it, I call it mesmerating. So when I see things like interest rates going up and prices going down and my paycheck isn't there, I don't get upset because I know what I need to do to get to the next the next step, the next level, the next deal, the next paycheck. This is about a, a, a marathon, not a sprint. I think if we all got to that zen place, I think we'd live longer. You know, I, I got in an argument with somebody the other day And the argument was so over something in the long run doesn't matter. But it had to be dealt with and talked about. Um, You know, there's days when, you know, no matter if you're wrong or right, just shut up. Listen to what somebody's saying to you. And take the criticism of, hey, man, you know, they must be saying this to me for some reason. So let's soak it in and let's think about why they're telling us and what we can do uh, to improve. It's huge. Absolutely huge to do that. Anyway. Anyway. Well, that's it for tonight. We're going to do this weekly. Um, I'm going to try to do uh, every Thursday, Friday now. Uh, Every Thursday or Friday, I'm going to release a new episode. Uh, It's going to be 20 episodes in total every single season um, until I get more time to do more episodes. But look, guys, keep your head up. If you're in the market to buy a trailer or buy a motorhome or you you you've been thinking about it but don't want to do it because of interest rates sit down and do the math guys. Let me let me end it with this. I'm going to go to a loan calculator RV loan calculator. My favorite my favorite three words RV loan calculator. Okay. So let's just use 4.99 as an example, as an interest rate, okay? And let's just do 15-year term. So the margin on a 18 let's call it a 24-foot bunkhouse travel trailer should be about 9%. So let's round up to 10, okay? So that means if the dealer's invoice is... $40,000, 40,000 we should be selling it for 44 grand. Okay. Whoops. I screwed that up. 15 year term. Here we go. So the payment would be $349 a month. So you might want to check my math. That's a 4.99. Now let's go look at 8.74. Same term, but now let's go to a less than three percent margin. Let's go less than two percent, so that's forty thousand four hundred dollars. Actually, let's just go seven hundred, let's make that. The payment is three ninety six. Okay but you saved $4,000 or pretty close to fourth, you spent $4,000 less on the price to buy that trailer and you're only spending $40 more a month. I'm gonna repeat that again. You are spending $4,000 less overall on that travel trailer, but only spending $40 more a month, even with the high interest rates. So I want you to think about this for a second. So at $40, so it's a $40 difference, folks. $40, let's go back to that. Oh, where's the clear? There we go. So $40 times let's say two years come up before rates get to go to where you can refinance it. So that's $960. Subtract that from 4000 You still are spending three, even with the interest, the extra interest payment that you're making on that coach, before you refinance it in two years, you are going to save a net total of $3,000. And then you refinance it, you get your 4.99 in a couple of years, and voila, you're back to 360 a month roughly. 355, whatever it is. So you gotta sit down and do the math. Well, it's $40 more a month, okay. Well, gasoline's uh, more money. Groceries are more money. So why are you out shopping? Well, because we want to go camping. Okay? So $40 more a month. Let's calculate that. Right? Ooh, get tired. All right. As they say in Celebrity Deathmatch, good fight, good night.